Hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Good. 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 How are you? How are you doing? I want to welcome you to another and a special edition of On The Mark Sports Talk with your host, Mark, with a C. I want to welcome you all to our two-year anniversary <laughs> show. This is our 104th show. And I guess 52 weeks in the year. And 104 is 52 times two. That I remember from school. Yeah. So how is everyone doing today? We're doing great. Good. How are you today? Except I have a cough. Yeah, I think I have a cough too. Uh, we have a fabulous uh, panel for you people out there today. So let's go around the board and just say hello to the people out in the Spotify land and uh, uh, YouTube land and Apple iTunes land. So we'll go around and uh, just say hello and just give your first name, please. And we'll start with um, uh, Mr. F. All right. This is Fred here to talk sports with our esteemed panel. All right. And we have uh, the man with the L. Larry Schwartz from Fairfax, Virginia. Been with Mark Sports Talk since January 2022. All right. And we got the, the man from Bayside. That might be people from Bayside. <laughs> I'm from Bayside. Uh, my name is Michael. Michael and Judge Earl. You from Bayside also, Stuart? Michael, big, go ahead. From, uh, All right, I'm Michael. Michael. I'm Michael. And I'm a big fan of On the Mark Sports Talk. Thank you. And however, how about our female? Yes. Hey, I became the number one fan of the Mark Sports Talk, but I'm a Met fan, but I love the Sports Talk. Okay. And how about our guy from uh, Oakland, uh, Oakland Gardens? Oakland Gardens. Oakland, you got two Oakland Gardens people. Oh, let's, let's hear you one at a time. Alan. And? Oakland Jerry. Gardens. And? Jerry from Oakland Gardens. Right. Great Med fan and great fan of Mark Mark's program. I joined it on uh, episode number 26, February 2021. Tell the folks who invited you, Jerry. Uh, that would be Mike Feiner of, uh, of of the Bayside Hills Civic Association. Okay. Very good. And how about you, uh, Mr. Stu? Big Met, New York Met fan. My name is Stuart Weinstock. Been watching On the Mark. Really enjoy all the sports talk since, I don't remember the date, but I believe it was sometime in 2020. So it's close to two years for me, I think. Yeah, I'll give you your number one time how many shows you've been to. How about our Forest Hills uh, connection? Roger from Forest Hills, although uh, seeing you today from Long Island City. Uh, big Yankee fan and a longtime Oakland Raider fan. And love what love tuning in to On The Mark Sports every week. And how about our, our, our distinct gentleman, our elderly gentleman, because I think you are the eldest on the my video I think he's you an are elder there. statesman in new high park what do you got who's there milton that's you 
Milton, you hear me? I'm I'm here, Mark. I'm here. Alvin! Hello! Hi, what do you want to know, Mark? Just say hello to the people out in uh, Spotify land. Say hello. Yeah, everybody, um, I'm happy. There's no special week. Uh, I'm happy to have Mark, you do a great job. And all the weeks are great. There was no one special. And I love the Yankees and the Mets. And uh, I play tennis twice a week. And I'm always looking for some more players if anybody plays a good game of tennis. Thank you. And how about our fella from our fella, our person from Jersey, New Jersey? That's me, Joe from South Orange, late of Queens, 52 years to be exact. Lifetime Met fan. Well, not a lifetime in their lifetime, not mine. Right. <laughs> Took it over from the Brooklyn Dodgers. And I think I've been here from the beginning. All right. Yeah, I think you have been, but you've missed a couple. But I'll yes, tell you. I have. I'll, I'll tell you your number when it's time. And yes, how sir. about our guy from Flushing? Okay, Ron from Flushing. LGR and Go Cubs Go. And the, you do a great job, Mark, and keep it up. Uh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. This is our two year is. anniversary show. And uh, <laughs> one of our people suggested if you, if, and I asked you this during the week, I don't know if you did it or not, but taking the number two, two year anniversary, what two means to you in sports? Does the number two mean anything to you in sports? Does it? Dad, Dad, Joe? Gerald? The number two in sports means Derek the Great Derek Jeter. Mm. Okay. You stole my thunder, Jerry. Sorry about that. I think Ron has something else. Yeah. Mm. Number two means to me the 94 Mm. Conn Smythe Trophy winner, Brian Leach. (laughs) Very good. Very good. Does two mean anything to anybody else? Or that's it. Jeter and Leach. Jeter and Leach. <laughs> no, double headers. Double headers, right? Let's play two. Single admission double headers, right? That's right. In the 60s. Did you ever sit through two, two double headers? Sure. Absolutely. Dub- All the time. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. All the time. Uh, I'll, be wor- to- I'll be working one next week. <clears throat> oh, Tuesday. When is that? Tuesday. Single admission double header. What day? Oh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Always Sunday. All right. Tuesday, I'll be the. I got one. I got one. Yeah. Mark, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to tell you, I was originally from Bayside, not New Hyde Park, (laughs) and I played ball at PS162 with Kenny McIntyre before he became a great player and went to St. John's. That was before he had a brother, Bobby. Bobby back in yeah, But I know, and I used to play them stickball, too. Mm. Yep. He's still but, alive? I don't know if he's still alive, but I have I've to seen him. McIntyre. Roger, what do you got? What do you got? Number two. I do have another number two, Mark. Uh, Larry Johnson from the Knicks, uh, that famous four-point play against yeah. him in the playoffs. Right, right, number two. Yeah. And, and, and uh, Michael, you have number two? Yeah, number two. I like when there's a baseball announcer who makes a big deal over two balls, two strikes, two outs, two oh, arms, yeah. two in, yeah. 
And the Vince scores Scully. Vince Scully used to do that. Deuce is wild. Love doing that. Deuce is wild, right? They said Deuce that. is wild, right? Yeah. All right. All right. And uh, that, that's your number two. Do, do any of you have a uh, uh, an anniversary candle to light your cupcake with? <laughs> no one, no, you forgot. The cupcake. Uh, Sharon, <laughs> you had your cupcake. You had your cupcake, Sharon. Okay. I missed the. Uh, so I, I have I a cupcake right here. I don't know if you can see it with. Um, yes. Oh man! It's like oh, two nice. Hanukkah candles, but they still work as candles. Little for candles. So if you have a uh, a piece of cake with a candle, why don't you light it right now? Can I make a suggestion? While yeah. while we light it, how about everybody in the panel sing the anniversary waltz? No, I'll forget it. Oh, don't don't hear me it. Oh, we my candle's oh, not lighting. That's one. You were red. We uh, did. Cute oh, but I got some wine from the Lake you Success wine red. store. That's right. That's right. The wine. Wine works too. The wine. So, Sarah has her candle. Yeah. So uh, from me to all of you, I thank you for two fabulous years of sports talk. And let us go on to year number three. God willing. Yes. Let's go out the be there. I go just hope we'll be there with it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Blow your Amen. candle out because I want to eat the cupcake. <laughs> Amen and Mazel Tov. Mazel yeah. Tov. Yes. All right. So, uh, a couple of updates. I think I told you last week about a possible uh, guest speaker, the Robert Nanden, uh, former minor league player. Um, haven't heard any more information, but I've been promised I'll find information out this Sunday and maybe I'll have information. Maybe it'll come on our show sometime in May. And we still have Michael Pollock for June 2nd, the, uh, the announcer uh, for the Long Island Ducks in the Atlantic League. So they are coming on. Okay, tonight is the football draft and we're going to talk football in a few minutes. Yes. Uh, it's a big day in football. That's all you, you turn on any sports uh, talk on the radio today. That's all they are talking about. The draft tonight, eight o'clock on various uh, channels. But this is show number 104. And I know, Gerald, we missed you last week because somebody who took over your, your spot really messed up. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that person, even though it's it's on it's on Spotify. You can hear it. Uh, so, Gerald, 104, you want to, like, take it away? 104 uh, means that... By the way, that... your spot is sponsored by reading glasses. <laughs> okay, yeah. Are those bifocals, Mark? <laughs> or no, they're regular reading glasses. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so, the, uh, the year that I'm going to highlight uh, in baseball is 1950. Uh, year I was go... born. Year you were born. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wanted to go over some of the key statistics and then uh, uh, go over some other items. So the key stats, batting averages. Uh, in the American League, the batting champ was Billy Goodman. Boston Red Sox batted 354. Stan Musial, 346. Home runs. Al Rose in 37. And the great, great, great oh, Ralph Kiner, 47. 
RBIs, Walt Gropo of Boston had 144 RBIs. By the way, Walt Gropo, I think, has the record for 14 consecutive hits in a row. Vern Stevens, Boston, uh, also had 144 for the Red Sox. And Del Ennis, Philadelphia Phillies, 125. Complete Mitch games. Kids. Complete games. Ned Garver, St. Louis Browns, 22. Bob Lemon, Cleveland Indians, 22. And Vern Bickford. Boston Braves had 27 complete games. And we all know that Max Scherzer in his career has had 18. <laughs> Highlights. On, Ju on June 8th, Red Sox recorded most lopsided victory, defeating the Browns 29-4. to On June 18th, the Red Sox scored 14 <clears throat> runs in the first inning. <clears throat> On June 23rd, the Yankees and Tigers combined for a record 11 home runs, and it was the first time that nine different players connected for home runs in one day. Jackie Robinson, the great, great Jackie Robinson, signed a $35,000 contract, making him the highest-paid Dodger in history. On July 26th, the Dodgers' Jim Russell became the first player to hit a home run from both sides of the plate making him the first player to do that more than once. Uh, Sid Gordon of the Boston Braves tied the record by hitting four grand slams in a season. Nice the Yankees play. defeated the Yankees. Right. De the Yankees defeated the Philadelphia Phillies, the Whiz kids, four games to none in the world series. Now I wanted to go over the top six sal uh, salaries for each team and go into a little bit of a narrative, if I may. Philadelphia Phillies, the top earner in 1950, Robin Roberts, $30,000, followed by Andy Semenik, $12,500, Richie Ashburn, $10,000, Kurt Simmons, $8,000, Putsy Caballero, $5,750, Bob Miller, $2,500, total. $68,750 for the top six Philadelphia Phillies. New York Yankees, Joe DiMaggio, $100,000. Joe DiMaggio earned 50% more than the top six Philly salary earners, followed by Tommy Henrik, $40,000, Phil Rizzuro, $32,000, Johnny Mars, $26,250, Allie Reynolds, $25,000, Yogi Berra, $24,000. So the Yankees' total payroll for the top six players was $247,250, approximately three and a half times that of the Philadelphia Phillies. And the only reason I'm going over that is that some people have said to me, and I get a real laugh out of this, what are the Mets trying to do, buy a, a pennant? Well, look at look at the Yankees, folks. <laughs> why don't we have why don't we have a, a a hard salary cap. I, I've been wishing we would have that so that all teams would be on a level playing field. And of course, we know that uh, that teams like the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers, the New York Mets, New York Yankees do not want to have a level playing field. Right. But that that's I think that's applicable to all major sports. And uh, Mr. Rooney, who owned the Pittsburgh Steelers for the good of football, advocated uh, a hard salary cap. So the question, Mike, is this. Why don't we have a hard salary cap in baseball? Players. Would you like me to respond, Jerry? Players. I can respond. 
in all honesty, in all honesty, the New York Yankees are not meaning to sound, uh, you know, grandiose or whatever. New York Yankees are a different plane. They have a they have a higher uh, status than any other team in baseball. And Jerry, let me ask you this question, right? Where would Major League Baseball be without the Yankees? I would think that the entire sport will go right down the toilet unless the Yankees are existing, unless the Yankees are generating conversation, unless the face of baseball isn't Aaron Judge, on and on and on. Hey, how about the Dodgers? As a Mets fan (laughs) and everybody else who follows baseball needs uh, the Yankees. And that's the When the Yankees had dry periods like in the 1970s, did baseball thrive? What? Yes. When the Yankees had dry spells, like in the 1970s, when they had players like Horace Clark, did baseball still thrive, notwithstanding the Yankees not playing well? <laughs> it certainly did, because the Yankees had drama. It had CBS. It had Michael Burke. It had the uh, <laughs> crazy managers. Yes, yes, yes. Always, okay. always, always the Yankees. One more thing about 1950. I don't think you mentioned it. Yes. That was the year Whitey Ford came out of the service. He was he had signed as a, a free agent. I think not a free agent. He was signed in 47, went to the service for a couple of years. And I remember in 1950, walking around with a radio and he came up. With the Yankees in fifty, and I think he won his first nine games. Yeah, something. He's nine and one, I think. That yep, nine and zero. He started. Yeah, they won a game in the World Series, Milton. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right, uh, that's it, Gerald. That's it. I well, the the, right. the players, the players would never allow a hard salary cap. No, but you no, know the, the current New York Yankees are not the happen. top uh, money team in the. Um, they may be worth the most money, but that's salary correct. wise, they're not number one. I think they're in the top three. The Dodgers are. The Dodgers are and the Mets, right? The Dodgers and the Mets. Yes, I think okay, that's Fred. right. Why? Why would a plays against the a a, a floor a, a floor on salaries of, of a, you know teams that would would need a minimum salary? They were against that, so I wonder why that was. The teams have that's to spend true. a certain number. That's true. My that only was, point is. I would like to see one day a level playing field so that the Pirates and the Royals would have a chance of getting to a World Series. Why well, that'd be so exciting to see the Pirates in the World well, Series. The Royals did. Well, well, if those teams would spend their money on on player development, their um, what do you call it? Um, luxury tax money. Luxury tax money. They don't, you they, think, they, they you put think Fox is looking for a Pirates to be in the World Series? No, Mark. Can I say something? Yeah. Even back in those, even back in those fifties days that Jerry's referring to, right? There are always the also rans. There are always the Kansas City A's, the Washington Senators. There are always the the, uh, St. Louis Browns back in the day. You'll always have the crappy teams in every sport. They just don't know how. They they don't have uh, management and what have you. And that's the way it is. And that's the way it'll always be. Just watch the Orioles today. That's the way it is. You know, forget a few years ago, the Orioles were, were playoff teams yeah. and, and the Royals seven years ago, they beat the Mets in the World Series That's the year true. before That's they lost to the Giants. They, they and the Fred, who was their manager, Fred, when they were good? Why, uh, I don't remember who the manager was in 2015. Yost? Yost, Ned Yost. Ned Yost. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The owners have a lot to do with it also. 
All right, thank you there, uh, Gerald, for 1950. It's a fabulous year, too, for me, too. Right. Anyway. Uh, I mean, you were born, Mark. Yeah, right. right. You know, I, I went to look. Our actual yeah. first show was May 7, 2020. Yeah. May 7, right. 2020. Yeah. And calendar wise, 104 didn't fall, fall so I guess a week before. Um, so I went to look to see what happened in sports on May 7, 2020. Not much happened. Not a lot. Show, but there was a death. Mike Storen, who was like the ABO the American ABM. Basketball Association right. commissioner. Oh. And he was a big shot with the Pacers <laughs> and the Atlantic Hawks. He died. On that day, but I found nothing else exciting on May on May 7, 2020. Of course, that's when uh, the early days of COVID. Yeah. So who oh, knows what the whole world was shut down. The whole world was shut down. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you there, uh, Gerald. Um, let's go on to oh, up to I think we're going to bypass today's date because we're, we're watching the time and the yeah. clock here. So let's go on to your rant. You have a rant today, um, uh, Michael. I think I do because you know it's 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 sponsored by railroad tracks. Railroad <laughs> tracks. Well, it just so happens that not too long ago, about a week ago, I was reading the uh, Joel Sherman uh, column in the Post, and he starts. Net, let's not call the election with only two percent of the precincts reporting results. After all, the Yankees signed Freddie Freeman. If, if the Yankees signed Freddie Freeman or traded for Matt Olson or ink one of those big free agent shortstops, such as Correa, the idea was to solidify that position for years, not just for weeks uh, in April, okay? But these weeks, we have kind of a Lafa at short, and the first base when we have Anthony Rizzo, and if you compare them to how Freddie Freeman is playing and all of the other shortstops, kind of a Lafa and, uh, and uh, Anthony Rizzo are doing as well, if not better. As a matter of fact, Anthony Rizzo was leading the major leagues in home runs. So who's to say that prior to this, Cashman was really being lambasted in the radio and in the columns and in TV and in the paper. Who's to say that Cashman really knows what he is doing? Or is it just a miracle from God? All of a sudden, kind of a offer is as, defensively, he's as good as anybody. And offensively, he's the second best hitter in the Yankees, average-wise. So uh, who's to say maybe Cashman does know what he's doing. With that being said, another thing that I haven't seen in the papers or on TV or radio or whatever is who are the two best teams in baseball. I mean, going into the season and they had internationally, they had Atlanta and the American League, they had Toronto. And I say the two best teams in baseball happen to be ready for this, Jerry, the Yankees and the Mets. And right. And in all honesty, if you start thinking about the Yankees versus the Mets, if you think of them team, a player for player, position for position, I would say the Mets have a little bit better uh, uh, at catcher. The Yankees have it at first base. And if you no. use Lemayu, they have a better second baseman. Defensively, there's nobody as good as Lindor when he's on his game, but uh, uh, kind of a lot for is almost as good defensively. We have a better third baseman. And we have a better outfield if uh, Joey Gallo ever uh, hits the ball, right? (laughs) The pitching, I'd have to give to the two top Met pitchers over the two top Yankee pitchers. But the three, four, and five pitchers on both teams are pretty close, and I would give the edge to the Yankees. 
The Yankees have the edge in middle relief. That goes without saying. And it might be a wash when it becomes to uh, uh, scary as all hell uh, Diaz and, and, and Chapman, who, who drive you crazy. Mm-hmm. So the Yankees played the Mets. In my mind, the Yankees are the better team. And they should beat the Mets all the time except for one X factor. The Mets have the smarter manager. The Mets have a manager who, in my mind, should have been on the Yankees. And that's where, going into the season, where Cashman dropped the ball because Cashman was there in the press box and he should have been the the, uh, manager of the Yankees. And there's just some kind of secret loyalty to uh, Boone that kept Boone. Now, Boone's not a bad manager. I mean, they they won 100 games, 100 games in, in the 90s, and they came awfully close. But when the chips are down, I would take Showalter. Showalter is my favorite manager the Yankees ever had. And Showalter uh, should have been, right? And Showalter should have been the manager of the uh, Yankees. And that's basically my rant for today. Okay. Uh, Gerald, do you want to comment? I wanted to ask Mike a question. I, uh, I've heard that Kiner Falafa has Ralph Kiner kind of lineage fourth, fourth generation cousin, fourth I think. cousin really i think uh he's a hawaiian but he's a distant relation of, of ralph carney okay. <clears throat> joe on his yeah, mother's side fourth cousin joe uh i'm not going to get into the yankees but i think the dodgers are a better team than the mets and I, and I and i think the giants are up there too even though the mets beat them three out of four yeah only an opinion boys just give an opinion yeah. that's why you were here to give opinions nothing yeah Play the games and see what happens. Uh, we're up to uh, stories from Larry from Fairfax. What you got today, uh, Larry? By the way, you're sponsored by. You remember phonograph needles, the stylus? <laughs> <laughs> Somehow they came back and they wanted to sponsor you. What do you got? Story entitled this week is Red Arbucks Washington, Washington D.C. Connections. Wait, let me get my cigar. <laughs> As you know, Arnold Jacob Red Arbuck was a famed coach and executive for the Boston Celtics, amassing 938 wins for the Celtics, including eight consecutive championships. Red was named the greatest coach in the history of the NBA by the Professional Basketball Writers Association of America. Arbuck's success had a lot to do with bringing defensive and rebounding ace Bill Russell to the Celtics and with building the team around him. But Red's connection to Washington, D.C. ran deeper than Boston's. First, Arbuck had a scholarship to play basketball at George Washington University, playing under the legendary Bill Reinhardt. Red was a guard for GW's Colonials from 1937 to 40 rising to captain and the leading scorer in the senior year. Second, in 1941, Red married Dorothy Lewis, who was born and raised in Washington, D.C., and they raised their two daughters in this area. But they had an unusual arrangement while he was with the Boston Celtics. She would stay in Washington, D.C. area to raise the children, relieving the NBA coaching could require moving around a lot and that Red would do better without the family there. And Red would commute to see the family when the Celtics schedules permitted. Third, and my favorite, for more than a decade until his death in 2006, 
Red Arbuck met with a dozen or so of his cronies on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. for a luncheon at a China Doll or China Inn restaurant on 8th Street, the Washington, D.C.'s Chinatown. Red told stories at these luncheons and paid for the meals of all his guests. His luncheon guests included Jack Kavance, after he became the athletic director at, G, at GW in 1994. Pete Dowling, who was in the Secret Service for 19 years, including guarding President Lincoln, uh, Clinton. Celtics grade, great guard Sam Jones. Mm. Brother Zhang, who was a respected cartoonist and portrayist at the Washington Star newspaper. Absolutely. Morgan Wooten, arguably the greatest uh, high school basketball coach in history. Matthew High School. And John Feinstein, commentator on sports news radio and a columnist for the Washington Post. You could read a, his book, his 2004 book about Red, entitled Let Me Tell You a Story. Right. I had one more one more sheet here, but I'm, I'm going to stop. Okay, that's it. All right, thank you. On Red Alback, originally from Brooklyn, Williamsburg. Yeah, that's right. Good stuff, Larry. Eastern why why was he named Red? He had red hair, do you? Why was he called Red? Arnold, right? Arnold Red Arback. Well, why Red? Anyone know? Eastern District High School. Why Red? Yeah, why Red? Anyone know? Google that. I mean, the hair. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, well, maybe he had red hair because yeah. we saw him in black and white so many times. Yeah. We didn't know he had red hair. <laughs> As we know. He All right, do, like I see Gerald going to work to he, find out. He couldn't do the victory thing. cigar these days. Yeah, yeah. No. That's right. He can't smoke. Oh, boy. All right. Thank you, Larry, on that. All right. Tonight. Tonight is the football draft. Eight o'clock tonight. Three days, but only round one today. Sure. And it should be really exciting. Jacksonville has the first pick, the Lions, the Texans, and then the Jets. Uh, the Jets have uh, two picks in the top ten. The Giants, I believe, also have two picks in the top right. ten. Five and seven. Yeah, so it should be really exciting all day. We've been listening yeah. to who they're going to draft. How they, they have to protect their quarterback, the Giants. And, of course, the Jets – Got to protect their quarterback too, but they, uh, they, rush. they need a rush on Source, defense. Cornerback, Source Gardner. They need a lot of people. <laughs> Both teams need a lot of people. Um, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, you guys, uh, the Steelers, you know, mm -hmm. with uh, uh, their quarterback, Roethlisberger, retiring, and then the the death of um, Haskins. Haskins, he was going to take over. They're going to definitely draft uh, one of the quarterbacks in the first round, whoever's available. Uh, mm. I don't know what number they're picking. I think they're picking in the 20s. Tw number 20, exactly. 20, exactly. Yeah, I was looking at the papers. Malik Willis from Liberty. I've never seen him play, but there's big talks about him. Kenny Pickett from Pittsburgh. That'd be a nice pick. He played in Pittsburgh, and then he plays for the, for the Steelers. Maybe maybe not first round. There's yeah. questions about They got to get a quarterback. We got to get a quarterback to start somewhere. And they, they got Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> okay. We know about that, Ron. Mitch Trubisky, right? right? I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to Mitch Trubisky when he played with the Bears? 
Maybe he needs to change his scenery. Maybe he'll be good. Yeah. Remember Jim Plunkett? Wasn't he on yeah. another team before he came to the Raiders? <laughs> right. Then you start, right? Patriot. I mean, you never know with these guys. This isn't a great crop of quarterbacks, so they may go. They may not go that early. I mean, Trubisky might have a great year, lead him to the Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Now, Gerald, you have some information. Yes, regarding Red Orbeck, uh, he, he got the name Red because of his flaming red hair and fiery temper. Mm. Oh, two there you go. So he had red hair. Yes. Who knew? Right. Who knew? Uh, what's your opinion on this uh, Debo Samuel being available with the 49ers in a trade? A lot of people think the Jets are going to get him in a trade to give up their, I believe, their uh, their second pick. What is it? The 10th? No. 49ers yeah. will sign. We'll, we'll, we work his contract and he'll be happy. Yeah. That's your opinion, huh? Yeah, that's my opinion. So it's a lot of talk and nothing's going to happen. That's what I think. I, I agree with Fred. That's what's going to happen. He's Me too. I, I would not trade a 10 for him because it's still what what's his position? Is he really a true doesn't number? want to run? He wants to catch. He, he wants he to strictly a, be a wide receiver. But is he a number one receiver? Is he worth the number 10? He's was was a was a great player. Let's say, but is he worth um is he worth a number 10? No. I don't think so. No, so they said if he was 10. in the draft, he would not be picked in the top 10. Yeah. He, 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 the way the 49ers use him is probably the best use of his talents. And right. he doesn't realize that. Right, right, right. You, you, you don't see too many players who, who who do or did what he did. Yeah, that's what I mean. What but he, he doesn't want to do. He doesn't want to run. Yeah. <laughs> I'll play him. My God, imagine that. I do. Okay, we'll see what happens down the line there. Um, the Cardinals oh. picked up Kyla Murray. His fifth-year option, so he's guaranteed twenty-nine point seven million dollars next year. Good, pretty good for a guy who they were thinking of addiction uh, yeah. a month or so ago. Yeah. And what about yeah. this giant receiver? Would you get rid of him, Katie? Is Tony? Mm. No, not, not yet. yet. Not, not yet. yet. I agree. What about his attitude and like, uh... you know, he's a kid. These are kids. kids. These are still children. Think about yeah. our kids. They're still kids in a lot of ways. I played a full season. Sure. He's a full season. They gave him, they gave him millions of dollars, and they tell him to show up, and uh, he doesn't show up. Voluntary. You got to control. Right. Involuntary. 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 Give me another year. Give me. Year. See what happens this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Other fo- other football notes. Uh, the Saints, former Saints coach John Payton, is going into the Fox studio. So he'll be working on TV. So that's a nice little job for him. Take a, take a year off and somebody will hire him as a coach. <coughs> My predictions right now, next year. And uh, the NFL said they're going to play three games on Christmas Day. <laughs> so uh, football freaks to watch three day, three football games. It's gonna, Christmas Day, I believe, is on a Sunday. Yeah. So they're going to have three games on the Sunday. And so that's for you people. And uh, have any of you watched the USFL? Not yet. Two, two, no. three, two oh. weeks have gone by. I've, I I watched a lot on the first day. I watched a smidgen on the second day. Uh, how many of you people know what the New Jersey, what, that's supposed to be our home team, the New Jersey Generals record is? Oh, and two? One and one. They're one and one. They're going to play two games. You don't have much of a choice. They're, they're, <laughs> they're one and one, but who cares? 
<laughs> I can't. Football now is about no the draft. Watching this, I don't know how they're going to survive. I really don't know. Why are they it's playing about the draft? The, why are they playing about the draft right now? Yeah, Get the right. draft over and then worry about this stuff. Yeah, nobody cares about the U.S. No one cares. Very. They should have waited. They should have waited to start their season after the draft. Roger. I'm just going to ask you, Mark. How's the quality of play? You know, it's football. You know, yeah. you know but, they throw, they catch, they yeah. run. I mean, is it a real football? Catch, I mean, is it the ball? No. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't know anybody who's playing. The names don't sound familiar no. to you at all. No. Right. So, so we had a death in football, and Roger's going to talk about one of his uh, all-time favorites from you the Raiders. You mean Darryl Roger? Monica. You want to talk about him? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, You're on. Yeah. Um, at the time, my my parents lived out in California. I was actually born out in California, and I guess that's how my uh, dad got, uh, you know, familiar with the Raiders <laughs> at that time. I mean, he grew up in Brooklyn, but he kind of adopted all these, you know, uh, some of the West Coast teams, although he kept following the Yankees. Raiders, he remembered when they were formed and they weren't very good in their early years. But um, things changed quite a bit when they uh, acquired this uh, character named Daryl Pasquale LaMonica from the Bills in uh, 1967, it looks like. Um, he started his pro football career at Notre Dame. Uh, kind of undistinguished from 60 to 62. The team that were like 12 and 18, not very distinguished. Uh, back then, obviously, the AFL was still going. He was drafted in the 24th round by the Bills and the 12th round by the Packers in the NFL. And probably rightly figured he has a better chance maybe catching on with the Bills. You know, even though Jack Kemp was pretty successful there, he ended up winning a couple of AFL championships. Bart Starr, he was clearly not going to unseat. So, he, you know, figured... He signed with the Bills, and he played for a couple seasons with them, 63 to 66. I uh, did get one Pro Bowl out of there. I was traded to the Raiders in 1967. And uh, should I save the trivia question, Mark, or you want to know who he was traded for? Why don't you tell us now? Since we're I'll tell about. you now. It's a good one. Uh, they got uh, Daryl LaMonica and this wide receiver Glenn Bass, who I don't recognize. Maybe you guys do. Uh, for Art Powell, who was a, oh, a star yeah. receiver, and for Tom Flores, mm -hmm. who later became their coach, you know, down down the road. But uh, that was kind of an interesting trade. Um, and do you guys know who gave him the nickname, the Mad Bomber? You. Al Davis. No, it's a good guess, though, Fred. But it was actually Howard Cosell. Really? Really? Yeah. Uh, Monday uh, night. Really. And he didn't like the nickname at first, but... Uh, I mean, just growing up, I mean, I was about in 68, I was six and 69, I was seven. So I was kind of starting to understand what was going on. And, you know, the Raiders and Jets had kind of a good rivalry going on then, too. And I can just remember some games, first play of the game, the Raiders would throw a bomb. And more often than not, the other team wasn't looking for it. And, you know, whether it was, you know, Warren Wells or, you know, uh, Rod Sherman, whoever was running down the sideline would catch it. And the Raiders would be up seven nothing. And you well, know, too. Yeah, well, Bledikoff yeah. wasn't the speed guy, but uh, right, yeah. right. he's left branch later. But, um, yeah, that was their style, and Al Davis picked that up. Uh, he thought this vertical passing game was more successful, and, and it actually was. I mean, uh, um, LaMonica was the quarterback in Super Bowl II, even though they lost to the Packers. I mean, threw two touchdown passes in that game. Um, he, he got one Pro Bowl with the Bills, four Pro Bowls with the Raiders, um, threw for 164 career touchdown passes, over 19,000 yards in a relatively short period of time. It was only about with eight years at the Raiders. Um, 
Kenny Stabler, you know, replaced him in 73. 73. Uh, you guys probably you guys remember, probably, I, and I can vaguely recall this, and the, um, that the, famous uh, Heidi game Heidi. back in 68, LaMonica was the quarterback, and all of a sudden, I think it was NBC, all of a sudden cuts to Heidi. Yeah. And the Jets yeah. Yeah. going on. And then and, they lose, um, just lose. Yeah, right. And then the Raiders end up getting like two touchdowns in the last minute of the game or something. <laughs> so it was kind of a great, crazy game. He was he was, he was the quarterback for that game. So, uh, yeah, for me, I remember just the long, the long throw and the bombs all the time. The strong arm. Stabler was more of a precision pass around the Raiders. Um, LaMonica liked to air it out. Now Davis, you know, clearly let, you know, agreed with that kind of strategy. He never won a Super Bowl. He was in that one Super Bowl. But, uh, you know, fond memories of the man Bomber, clearly. Yeah, I remember him in Notre Dame. Because somehow... He great there, right? I mean, there weren't good teams. Was Notre Dame on TV back in those days? I don't even know. But I somehow no. remember him playing for Notre Dame. And he wasn't so successful. But I guess, like, Notre Dame was like the home, our home no. team. Mark, you know what that on Sunday mornings, Lindsey Nelson would host the yeah, show. Yeah, maybe that was game highlights maybe that every was Sunday it. games every Sunday morning. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. that's how I knew him. And uh, after he left uh, in '73, he went to the World Football League. Right, how successful was the World Football? I don't know. How not very, and he was they briefly lived. there and retired after that. Mark, is he in the Hall of Fame? He is not in the Hall of Fame. There's been some talk that he should be. I mean. I don't know. I mean, I think he's very good. I don't know if he's quite worthy of that next level, but uh, I think when my dad told me he, he did scramble a bit at Notre Dame with the Raiders, he never ran. That was very rare. I mean, they had a good offensive line. It really didn't need to really go anywhere with yeah. Shell up, Shaw and Otto, you know, protecting him well. So, Roger, didn't he replace John Hewitt I, from Notre Dame? Notre Dame, maybe. I think it was afterward. Yeah. No, Hewitt was like. No, college. In college, Hewitt was after. Left Monica was in college from 60 to 62. Hewitt was after that. Hewitt was a Jet. Yeah, I think he was at the Jets like 64. Yeah. Right, right. And was, uh, and was George Blander uh, uh, LaMonica's backup? Back he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. That was always kind of interesting. You bring some 45, 50-year-old guy in there. But the line was so good, no one ever got near Blander. And, and sometimes, Mike, he would rally the team to wins either with his arm or with his foot. Game-winning field goals, too. Yeah. It was yeah. amazing to watch. Yeah, Gerald, what do you got? Roger, when they switched to, to the uh, to the Heidi program, I understand shortly thereafter the NBC switchboard lit up and there weren't very nice things said. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. That's what I read. No, no, no. I think they ever did that again. Right, they um, learned their lesson. Michael. Yeah, they should be. I want to say that uh, right prior to the Heidi game, right around that time, I was working as a temporary for NBC. And my job was billing sponsors. And I, I sort of like knew and predicted that if there was ever a football game that went overtime and they had to continue the football game, NBC would have lost a fortune. And the Heidi game was absolutely necessary. They, had, they actually had to do that. And following the Heidi game, that was the origin of whenever there's a Golf, golf tournament or a football game that goes overtime. All the TV, all the TV programs get moved back, and you'll get the news at, at eleven thirty instead of eleven. And mm -hmm. all of that originated from that Heidi game. But that was a freak thing. They were they were down by two touchdowns with a couple of minutes to go. They right. thought it was safe. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! My ankle running to the radio. 
Right, <laughs> right. I think I heard the end of it on the radio. Exactly. All right. right. Thank you, Roger. Good, good, good little uh, good stuff. obituary for him. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, Remember him well. Remember him well. Remember him well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's go to baseball a little bit because uh, I believe it's May 1st, which is coming up. Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> and I believe all the teams have to cut a player. Is that right or am I wrong? Two players. Two players. Two players. Yeah. They got to cut two players to get down to 26. And so, the what do you got, Gerald? You want to say something? I think they have until May 2nd. Not to, not to be right. that is correct. So Sunday's their day of rest, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> They're playing on Sunday, so yeah. So, um, yeah. So, with Mets wise, a, a, a comment came up this week. What, what are you going to do? What are you, you going to release Robbie Cano? Yes. 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 Please, God. No, sorry. <laughs> yes. Please. Is, I didn't he mean that. is he batting a buck something or a two, low twos? Buck something. A buck, buck something for one month of playing. It's Roger. Still early, though. How long does his contract still go, Mark? They'll have to pay him out. Two yeah. more years, I think he's got. Yeah. Pay him. Have to pay him out. What if he had another Benia contract? Say, yeah. yeah. And then somebody else has to go. What is Travis Jankowski in outfield? I don't know who I like him. Been hitting. No, they're not going to. I, I like him. Do you think they would drop? There was, there was a column in the paper yesterday about because they made it now you can't carry more than 14 pitches. Mm. So are the, are the Mets going to go with 14 pitches, 14 and uh, 12 position players? Are they going to go to 13 pitches and and I think I forget who it was, but maybe in Joel Sherman's column saying is Dom, Dominic Smith the 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 odd man out. Oh no! Yeah. He comes no, in. He, no. You see the play he made the other day. Yeah. Uh, oh, the fight in the five run inning. Yeah. He played hard. I am not. I know, I'm not. I'm not, not him. Yeah. I'm not advocating. I'm just saying it was. I don't think he's the him. one. I'd be shocked. Uh, or, or, they, they need a four man bench. They all, even though they have the DH, I, I I'm happy with a four man bench. Gerald. The telltale sign about Cano was being caught twice with PEDs. And a lot of people don't know this. In the shortened season in 2020, people have said, well, Cano hit 316. Well, his, his batting average was declining precipitously as that uh, season progressed. And if there was a regular season, 162 games, I submit to you, his batting average probably yeah. would have been 260, just my opinion. I, I agree with Gerald. I mean, I, I think for that 60-game season, you you throw out every statistic, whether it's good or bad. It's too short of a sample yeah. size. Mm -hmm. well, what about the Yankees? What are they going to do? Gerald? Uh, Roger? Roger? Yeah, I, think, I think they started with 16 pitchers, yeah, so they're going to have to... They'll probably send down that guy, M Marinaccio, is, is that his name? Yeah. He He's still on the team? Okay. Yeah. There's one. Got some options. The Castro will go down. Who? The Castro will go down probably. I like it. Yeah, backup guy. Yeah. Good backup right. guy. Does that mean they won't they won't have a backup outfield at all? <laughs> well, LeMay. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go to the back. Probably keep uh, Anduar on the in the uh, in the big big leagues. Well, he's up there now because no, no, but he's Hicks only there because Hicks is, leave. Yeah. So I mean, what, what are they going to do when Hicks comes back? Yeah. They'll probably send Andrew down, right? Well, if he's an extra guy, he's always a, a pitcher like the the uh, Monte Carlo, whatever his name was, with the M. He could go down, and uh, maybe even uh, Lefty. He's not. Well, maybe 
or, or maybe somebody will come up with a quote unquote injury for the disabledness or something. That always happens, right? Oh, Mike, Mike, saved what's... by an injury. Well, check out your rosters and see who. What about the Cubs? The Cubs have anybody notable that you you know <laughs> their roster? I have, I have no idea. Yeah. I just watch them occasionally now. Well, well Quinn right. Frazier has appendicitis. <laughs> That's right. They had really? a story that the, the, oh, the those former Yankees are all out now. Uh, Voight is out. What happened? Sanchez is out with an injury. Wait, what happened to Voight? Voight's got a strain something. Hamstring strain something. Wow. Stroman's yeah. ERA is in the seven. In the case of the Nationals, they could pick anybody. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hi, guys. Sorry. That's okay. Welcome. Mark Gerald had a question. Yeah, Joe. Thank Mike, you. Mike, Mike, what's what's yeah. the status of Gardner? Gardner. <laughs> oh, they, no, he's, not, he's not coming back. Gardner, Gardner will end up in the booth. <laughs> Actually, Gardner, you know, you want to know something, Jerry, in all honesty? Somebody's got to replace Beltron. Because <laughs> he's driving me nuts. I can't I can't really uh understand no, a word he says. No, no. I, I, I misspoke last week. It I feel the same Beltran. way. That was uh, that that did the Baltimore series. Uh, it was the, the, Tiger, the Tiger series. It was Cameron Maven. Maven. Yeah, Maven. Maven. I like. Well, Gardner. Uh, what's his name? Belcher's a tough listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't get that one. All right. There was an I, interesting comment that was done uh, by Michael K. Just a little while ago. They were comparing Soriano. Oh, that's where you, where you were for the first fifty no, minutes. Actually, Sorry, I, I, I was I was at my mother's house and I'm I was coming home. <laughs> So, but uh, anyway, so what happened was that uh, they were reflecting on lead of home runs and that Ricky Henderson had 81 in his yes. career. Who's number two? Are you giving us trivia uh, questions? Soriano with 54. I thought that was an interesting... Oh, Soriano's your boy. You like Soriano. I always like Soriano. Yeah. That's why you brought it up. Okay. Yeah, well, just, just have to that for trivia time. Tommy? <laughs> you should have saved it for trivia time. Okay. They had a fact that as of last weekend, 56 batters were hitting below 200 at this time. So, so they've had two weeks of baseball. As of last weekend, it was two weeks in, and now they're in the third week. The major league batting average was 231 last weekend. The low. lowest ever dating back to 1871 at that point. <laughs> Maybe it's, it's because the baseballs are all different sizes these days. That's another story also. Yeah, there's a lot of articles about that. A lot of press about the baseballs. And uh, yeah. they say a lot of people don't like what uh, the Met pitcher said about the balls over the weekend. I uh, Just a couple of days ago. Chris yes, yeah, Chris Passett. Chris Bassett, yeah. Uh, Gerald, yeah. I had read that the since the beginning of time, the baseball average hitter uh, had a two sixty two batting average. That was the average average. Yeah. 262. That's not bad. Well, the last couple of years has been below that. Below that. Yeah. Maybe the weather. You, know, you, you blame the weather or anything in, in April, too. Who knows? But they say, Bassett, was it the reason? Of oh, course, it hits batsmen. The Mets have had what, 19? 19. 19. 19. He says the pitches can't, they need something on the ball. Right. They need something to help them grip the ball. 
That's what Darling was saying. Yeah, they need something. So, uh, what? What? Uh, James McCann, the Met catcher, he came up with quoting saying, "Why don't they put something like pine tar in addition to the Rosenberg on the pitcher's mouth? With something they have on the, the spin rate, the spin rate, the spin rate. Right. That's they were talking for the last few years. Now you yeah. can't put anything on. Now they're creating they, a." Do you think that the gripping of the ball is the reason what the Mets have had 19 hits batsmen? <laughs> oh, no. Nobody yeah. likes the Mets. That's uh, why. No, no. <laughs> oh, no. He likes that ball. I beg your pardon. And what's his name? Alonzo twice in the head? Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. You know? Gerald, yeah. You know, Japan addressed that issue. They altered the ball so that the uh, pitchers would have have a better grip on the ball. Of course, their baseballs are smaller than ours. Where was baseball last year when they made that drastic change of not allowing a spite attack? What were they doing the latter half of last year? They should have come up with a good quality ball that was more grippable, if I could use that term. You I understand, Jerry, that, that the, the issue with the Japanese ball is that the stitches on the Japanese ball are higher than on our balls. Right, right. It's, right. Size it's of the different. Ball. It's the yeah. stitches. Yeah, so no, I get The Japanese it. pitchers have to give a huge, huge adjustment when they come here. Right. They but get, with, <laughs> with all the technology that we have, I, I find it difficult to believe that we can't invent a ball that would be more friendly to pitchers. Mm. I, I don't believe it. Well, baseball wants more yeah. action. They don't want more better pitching. <coughs> more home runs. <laughs> and yeah, and who's to say less. they come up with a ball that I like, but you don't like? Can't please everybody. That's true. Can't right. please everybody. everybody has they, their own he ideas said that they, they don't want. get a grip and they don't have full control of the ball. That's why they're hitting players. I don't know. Bring back Sounds the 24 good. Back. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, last week we were talking about that the Yankees walked Miguel Cabrera as he was trying to get his uh, 3,000th hit. <laughs> and uh, he finally got it. And uh, he became the 33rd player with 3,000 hits. 30, 33 people have had 3,000 hits. That'd be a fun thing without looking to try to guess all 3,000 people. Yeah, Larry? He, he also has 500 uh, home runs. And right. when, you, when you factor that in, he's only the seventh player in history to have both right. of those. But, right, right. Shoe in Hall of Fame. You think he juiced? No. 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 He's a big no. guy. Everyone juiced, but he didn't get caught. I don't think, you don't think so? <laughs> no. No, no I, I don't think so. Okay. He's, he's the seventh guy. Latino to have 3,000 hits. You want to name the other ones? Lamente, Rafael Palmero, count Rafael Palmero Latino. Yeah, I got Pujols. him. Yeah, Pujols. Pujols. Okay. How about how about Sosa? Sosa. Yeah, I'm not three thousand hits. You got three thousand. Uh, Rod Carew. Rod Carew. What about Orlando Cepeda? No, he didn't. No. Have, uh, no. A Rod. A Rod. A Rod. That's seven. One, two, three, four, five, six. I'm missing somebody. Hmm. Mark, not Mark. I didn't. I didn't have three thousand. <laughs> Mark, I could quit. I could quickly go over all thirty if you want. No, 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 no. No, no we waste. <laughs> That's something we could do another time. <laughs> Adrian Beltre. 
That's oh, right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's guy who will be Very in the good. Hall of Fame before you know it. <laughs> okay, moving on to the Mets. My first place Mets. And it's so sad when they lose again. I still felt so bad that they lost yesterday. You know what I mean? It's almost expected that they're going to win. Not every game. Six in first place. Six great series uh, wins to open the season. And as Fred told me, that's that's a record. Yeah, first time he ever did that. that. That's right. Uh, 19 hits batsmen, as we said so far. And that rhubarb yesterday, did you guys see that? Yes. If you go in Google and you type rhubarb, <laughs> and it comes up with the, the cherry filling. In the- oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Really deep. It's, no, I know, I know yeah. rhubarb means uh, pie, a melee. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody uses that word anymore for an <laughs> Sometimes. The but everything is going good. And uh, they got good news for DeGrom. And he could uh, start to do some shoulder exercises. And maybe down the line, he'll be back. And uh, Walker should be back this weekend. And uh, things are good. Things are good, Mets-wise. Yankee-wise, again, they're doing good, too. Six in a row. They won today. They won today. But, again, beating beating up the bad guys, the the weak guys, I should say, that's important. That's important. You have to to. do that. They have to. They have to. Go ahead, Michael. Yeah, Mark, if you you guys, you want to have some fun. If you have the MLB app, check out the uh, the Met-Cardinal game. The first game of the series where the Cardinals were winning two to nothing. Yeah. And in the ninth inning, the Mets made one of the most miraculous yep. comebacks you'd ever want to see. Yes. But to but to watch it, watch it over, watch it over on an app, and you'll see the joy of those fans. They're, they're clapping, they're waiting for that third strike, waiting for that third strike. Then goes the ground ball to Arenado. He takes five steps Enjoy. and he misplays. He does a bad throw. The and then away. the play where another another game-winning ground ball. And uh, Gallegos, who used to be the Yankee pitcher, also uh, doesn't uh, cover first. And all, and and you watch the fans, the fans. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! And then by the time Nito hits the home run, I mean they're all gone. So what yeah. I do, right? Because I'm obnoxious. I watch the entire inning, of course, with the Mets and uh, Cone going bananas and all that. But then I watch it over again with the Cardinal feed and the sadness, and it's mm. terrible. It's it's a lot of fun, I tell you. Yeah. They had on TV, talk about uh, uh, excitement or um, the, way ex- the way a situation um, is expressed by announcers. They had the, uh, was it the Red Sox feed or Major League Baseball feed? When, when Mookie Wilson hit that ground ball through Bill Buckner. Right, you know uh, the Mets feet uh, Drew Buckner, and then the Mets are going to win the game. Ba, 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 ba. They're really excited. Yeah, the same, the oh, they did it! You got just... to listen to the other feed, um, and no excitement at all. <laughs> no excitement, <laughs> and that that didn't win the World Series. That just tied the series that game. Right, but you have to somehow, if you want to, Google or YouTube. A different feed of that six game of that 86 World Series to that final play. Really, really how no excitement at all. <laughs> I find that a lot in a lot of other like we used to New York announces. If you watch Major League Baseball um, channel, they always have all the other games with mm. the local the local announces. I don't find them interesting at all. <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know if I'm biased in New York, but that's how I get to listen. Uh, Gerald, what? In the middle of May, I think starting May 16th, the Cardinals count the city field for a four-game series. Mm-hmm. I, I pity Arenado and the <laughs> St. Louis manager. Arenado is going to hear a lot of comments about his family. I believe, without going to detail. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there's going to be, you know, it's going to happen. By the way, the words were, it gets by Buckner. And who said that? Who was the announcer? In the 86 World Series on TV. Who was the announcer? In Scully. In Scully. If you guys really really want to hear an announcer go bananas, uh, Google or look at, in 1995, when Lyrics hit that home run, in the playoffs against Seattle and in the rain. And they came, that was also a game Madden to hit a home run. Sterling and Kay on the radio, they go absolutely bonkers. That's their team. That's their team. Yeah. All right. Uh, you, uh, I used to subscribe to MLB years ago. I used to like to watch the games from, uh, from other minor cities. And what I enjoyed was the, the announcers, first of all, half of them are worthless. <laughs> and, and, and the commer- the local commercials in between, you know, the car salesman in, in Kansas City, you know, stuff like that. It was absolutely hysterical. You know, absolutely hysterical. All right, you Yankee fans, what did you think about the garbage being thrown on the, the Guardian uh, players? That's That's a comment on that because it happened. You get idiocy everywhere, you know. That's right. You know, yeah. everywhere. But, but there was an interesting comparison made in, in, in comments. It says, you think of that happened at, at, at a baseball game. Think of a basketball game in which the, the fans are right there on the court. You know, or the yeah. things that could happen there. You know? It didn't hurt for Stanton and Judge to be out there to calm people down. Yes. You're not yeah. going to mess around with them over there. Right. Right. But if you think of a basketball What was that famous incident in an NBA game when the guy ran into the stands? Oh, Ron Artest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mal- Malice yeah. at the yeah. palace. Malice in the palace. Right. Malice in the palace. Right. <laughs> Malice in the palace. <laughs> <laughs> Why it doesn't happen right. anymore. Like I was saying uh, before to Michael, before we started, remember years ago, a couple of Boston Bruins with their skates and all right, went into the stands, Mike Milbury in Madison Square Garden. Very famous incident. Fred, I remember that. It was like yesterday. <laughs> Yep. Brian, if, if you remember that episode, Fred, yeah. Milbury caught the guy, took his right. sh- the guy's shoe off, and beat right. him with his own shoe. <laughs> That's right. I remember. <laughs> That's right, Absolutely. Yeah. If you if yeah. you Google it, it's hysterical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was at a baseball game. I, I must have. must have been like Khrushchev. Uh, 12, 13, 14 years old yeah. at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees and the Cleveland Indians, the doubleheader, and. Uh, a doubleheader, and I don't know if it's first game or second game. Someone came on the field. The Indians were on the field, and uh, some crazy guy from the stands came on the field. And uh, Jimmy Pearsall, uh, Johnny Temple playing second base, right. Woody, Woody held the Woody shortstop. Held the infielder, yeah. They ran after this guy. They ran <laughs> after the guy, yeah. and they beat the crap out of this guy on the field, just <laughs> kicking him and punching him <laughs> in, in the outfield. No police officers, Mark? <laughs> then, the poli- then the police officers came. Oh, wow. 
right? On the other hand, you have the story of the well-endowed young lady that used to go out in the yeah, field. Right, right, right. Ball players. <laughs> the police. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. What was her name? saying, come, come kiss me. Come kiss me. Give me a hug. <laughs> you didn't know another little trivia for Michael King, the Yankees uh, pitcher. Mm -hmm. Michael King was having a pretty good uh, yeah. season yeah. so far. He changed his uniform number. Yeah. Did you guys notice? No. He went from a high 73. He's now 34 because he was a big uh, Roy Halliday <laughs> fan. Wow. So that lower number suit him well. Yeah. I guess nobody else had it. No one else. Oh, Justin Wilson. Remember the Yankees relief pitcher oh, yeah. 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 who left the team had it last year, so he he, he ran and got it. So the Yankees have a retired number. What was that, uh, Ron? Uh, it's not uh, a retired number. Every other number is. I know. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, Michael King has a fabulous career. Maybe one day he keeps going. He'll be, he'll be retired. I remember. I, I never seen the Yankees was thirty-four with, too. I've never seen the Yankees with three. Almost unhittable pitchers. It's Michael King. This guy Holmes can't touch him, and you can't touch uh, Nasty Nestor. They're just what unbelievable. Yeah. What about the guy in the Mets is having a great uh, Drew Smith? Yeah, yeah. he came yeah. out of nowhere too. He's having a doing great. Out of the blue. Hey, three weeks in the season. That's all it is. So we're talking about three but, weeks. But you know, or, yeah, what, but about you dream, you know what about the reverse? What about the reverse? The guy who's really. What about a guy who's really having trouble? You think Trevor May is going to write himself? He's having a lot of trouble. I yeah. hope they don't ship him out. Right now, he's their eighth inning guy, right? Yeah, but he, got a, he has a nice contract. I don't think they're going to ship him out. No. No, no. The Yankees finally resolved the Jacoby Ells Ellsbury contract dispute. Oh, well, well, totally, totally forgot about this guy, right? Yeah. Until he made the yeah. press this week. They, they like paid him off, and he got, he got a nice settlement. It's good to hear that he's, he's finished with them. All right, what else do we have? You guys hear about this Hunter Green pitcher on the Reds are having a terrible year. They have the, they're the worst yeah. team in yes. baseball right now. Mm -hmm. yeah. they get rid and, of and I think they're close to close to the Nats. The Nats are slightly Nats. better. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. I told you once before, he's 22 years old. And in one game last week, he threw 39 pitches over 100 miles per hour. Whoa. Oh, wow. Which was a new well, record. Surgery, which was a new uh, record. Yeah. Next week. Yeah, right. I don't know, know if he's like, uh, he's to, his arm is definitely going to go eventually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll talk yeah. about Hunter. We, will we talk about Hunter Green in three years from now? In two years from now? Next week? <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, Call Spooner. Mm, Same type yeah. of thing. Uh, what do you think about this pitch clock that the minor leagues are having and it's been successful in the minors and i wouldn't be surprised if it becomes a uh, reality next year in the major leagues I saw, it. I saw it when i went to the screen. no one on base you have to throw the ball within 14 seconds with runners on base they'll give you up to 18 seconds if time runs out and you don't throw the ball it's a ball if a batter isn't ready with nine seconds to go, it's a strike. Who's going to monitor all this <laughs> with everything going on? The minor league games are running 20 minutes less in, in total time average, and that's why they call this success. A couple of comments. All right, Roger, you're first. 
Yeah, no, it's on the umpire's mark. I mean, I don't know whether is it City Field. I remember seeing it. There was it was a clock or something or other, but I don't think they pay any attention to it. Maybe no. thirty maybe seconds maybe, or something. No, I think maybe. it's the clock in between innings. You sometimes see. No, maybe, no, maybe, they, maybe they can do maybe they can do like in basketball, twenty four second clock. Yeah, twenty four seconds elapses, a horn goes off. Right in tennis, they don't always follow it either. You know, like someone like Nadal goes way past his thirty seconds or something when, before he serves the ball. I mean, they have to enforce it if they're going to do it. I don't know. We've all played some sort of uh, uh, softball, baseball, whatever. And you watch, and you know sometimes what what's going on in the game. You have to breathe a little bit and think about what you want to do. And before you know, eh, time's up. It's a ball. <laughs> do anything. I, I don't. I'm not in favor of this. I'm not in favor of 20 minutes. 20 seconds. Seconds. Oh, I'm saying 20. Well, minutes. Up, okay, 20 minutes. They said the games are 20 minutes less now because of this time clock, which the average. Yeah. Like I said, I'm gone after seven anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, Gerald. In in the uh, MLB rule book, there are two rules regarding uh, time between pitches. Uh, if there's no one on base, a pitcher has 12 seconds to deliver the ball. If there are runners on, he has 30 seconds. Now, in my baseball class, we I copied excerpts of yeah. the uh, MLB rule book. And we sent a letter to the commissioner of baseball, registered mail, return receipt requested. We never got the return receipt requested, uh, signed copy, and he never answered us. <laughs> Why are they not enforcing it? Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, not yeah, enforcing yeah, yeah. it. Well, we'll see what happens down the line, but reports came out. It's they, they like it. They like it. So I don't know. The commissioner may go with it. Milton's you got notice, a question, Mark. What's that? Uh, Milton, Milton. Has a question. Milton. Yeah, Mark, just um, uh, what you were talking a minute ago about fans coming out on the field. I was at the game in 1973 when the Mets played the Reds in the championship series. And would you believe it? We were there. I was there and fans came down on the field along the third baseline, first baseline. And McGraw, Todd McGraw, had to beg the people to go back into their stands that they they could finish the game. The Mets, that was the game. Uh, I remember they beat a guy. Um, it was against the Reds. And uh, Bud Harrelson fight? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Yeah. Willie Mays was still on the Mets that day. And uh, Blasting game was the pitcher for the Reds. Whatever. The, the, the Mets Wait, were beating them. Yeah, the Mets were beating them, but the people were, were coming out of the box seats. And they, uh, Willie Mays and Tug McGraw had to beg them and wave them to go back into the, you know, to finish the game. Yeah. Otherwise, it would have been a forfeiture. Yeah. Remember the, yeah. Remember the Yankees World Series win? I forgot who they beat in one of the World Series. And, and in Yankee Stadium, they had everyone, uh, the cops on the horses around the entire field. That was way bonds. Way bonds. The police too. Michael. Yeah, the most famous one, I think, was the Stanford college football game where the final play were with laterals and all kinds of things <laughs> like that, right? And and the fans are on the field and the tuba player was on the field and the, the, the running back with the, whoever had the ball was running past everybody and the touchdown counted. Yeah. Touchdown that's counted. A, that's, that's a funny one. That's something that touchdown counted. Did you guys notice that John Smoltz 
is no longer part of Major League Baseball Network. Yep, unvaccinated. Unvaccinated. They told oh him he can't God. work anymore. Wow. You know, Anthony Recker was working with the Mets in the studio. Not work anymore because he's unvaccinated. Oh God! But they allow they allow Paul O'Neill to do announcing from his basement. Because he's not near the Yankee. That's the whole. That's what I'm trying to explain to Jerry. I thought that was funny. And Tim McCarver finally retired. He was doing part-time announcing uh, for the Cardinals, 80 years old, and he finally retired. Tim McCarver. He was a great, uh, yeah. great analyst and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And the Padres, the San Diego Padres, became the first team in Major League Baseball to have advertising on their uniforms. <laughs> Motorola. <laughs> that could be a trivia question. What was the first company or that be to, uh, to advertise on on, on major league uniforms? And wait, you're going to see other teams uh, doing it too down the line. Did you hear? Then we're going to get to basketball in a minute or so. Did you hear that City Field has a new and this is this is great has a new area in their stadium called the Sensory Nook. Yeah, for fans <laughs> with autism, uh, ADHD, yeah. Yeah. Uh, dyslexia, to escape from being overstimulated from the game. <laughs> so if you bring your kid, or it could be an adult, and then and they're overstimulated, mm -hmm. you can bring him to this area in the concourse. It's free. You just go there and hang out. I think it's fantastic. It's nice. It's and isn't there, isn't there also a spot where you could go diving? All right, I think, I think they do. That's the airport. No, I think there's a place by maybe by uh, a Hebrew National stand or something like that where you could yeah, do. Uh, and there was a video of a college, uh, Weatherford College in Texas. Uh, they had this video in which uh, the pitcher gave up a home run to a guy. And as he ran, ran, came around third base, the pitcher ran after him and tackled him. Did <laughs> <laughs> you guys see this, see this video? Yes. Oh, I I did. Uh, the pitcher was released from the team <laughs> afterwards. I don't know if there was something going on, maybe like an Aaron, uh, Arenado type of thing. Uh, and he's a home run. He's coming around. He's maybe, he's, maybe he's lipping along the way. And at that point, the pitcher just left the pitcher's mound. And just as he came to third base, he, like, tackled him. <laughs> I, got a after he I thought it was fantastic. He rounded third base. Okay. Um, Let's go to basketball because we had the playoffs are going on. The home teams are yeah. out. Maybe your yeah. team is still in, but what do you have, Fred? Well, before we start from the Nets, and I want to recognize and give a shout out to a guy from Queens. You guys may, nev may never have heard of him, who's an integral part of the, of the New Orleans Pelicans, Jose Alvarado from Flushing. Oh, yes. And they, say, yes. And they say he honed his basketball skills in the schoolyard of PS200 in Flushing. Uh, I have no idea what it is, but he, he went to Christ the King High School, but he's really, he was an undrafted player who just got signed to a three or four year contract and he's doing really good, makes, make, makes basketball in Queens proud, good, really good player, he went to Georgia Tech. And what can we say about the Nets? They were out coached, they were outplayed, they were out everything. 
yeah. Well, the games were close. I mean, they could have won any close. of the games. They, but they were still outplayed. Yeah. Right. The great, the great strategy on Durant. Yes. He, he wasn't – Irving was, wasn't good. The, their best player was Bruce Brown. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. and they were definitely outcoached. They, they, they could have hired this guy, Udaka. He was, he was their defensive coach. He was an assistant there. He had seven years in the league. I, I don't know why they hired Steve Nash. I mean, I said that before. I mean, when, they, when, when there was that's who the Rams wanted, Fred. Probably. Fred, they're using the New York Met model. The yeah. New York Mets yeah. model is higher, higher and experienced uh, managers. Joe, right? Yeah, I just wanted to say that I, I remember now that if they I watched the Pelican game against the Knicks and he just lit up the Knicks, right? Right, I mean, he came out yeah. of nowhere and they talked about yeah. him coming from Queens yeah, and then I yeah. forgot about him, but yes, yeah, you look great. Yeah, you're yeah they right. mentioned they mentioned his story on one of the playoff games I was watching. I, I had seen him play at Georgia Tech. I think. A couple of years ago, they played at the Barkley Center. I happened to be at the game, and just a, it's a good story. You know, you yeah, know, it is. We, don't, we don't have that many New York guys playing in the NBA no. anymore as we used to. Yeah. The other, the other thing about the Nets is that you know they they had to lean on Irving and and Durant for the entire season, and they were pretty well. <laughs> certainly, Durant was pretty well wiped by the, uh, you know, yeah. by the by the playoffs, and plus the fact that they were triple teaming him, and you know. Right. But there was, you know, he can't do everything. And, and to have a guy shoot the uh, one for 11 from the foul line in the last game. Mm. Right. I mean, you know, the saddest, thing, the saddest thing about the Nets, guys are honest, true. Kevin yeah. Durant wanted to come to the Nets. Who's to say that if Kevin Durant wanted to come to the Nets and he would join <laughs> the Kenny Atkinson up and coming, wonderful Net team, who's to say that that team plus Kevin Durant could have been very, very successful? That That's would have true. been perfect. Atkinson was a was a, was the right coach for them, but yeah. in, but the NBA is a, is a star driven league where the players the players more than any other sport yes. control who the coaches who decisions that are made. You know, you, you mean you, you don't you don't see that in hockey, and I don't think you see it in football, and no. you see it in baseball either. No. Well, you Brad, have did I hear that Jason <laughs> Kidd, is Jason Kidd coming to the, the Nets? I don't think he's going to have a second go around with them. No, okay. no. Do you think they're going to let Nash go? I don't think so. I don't know. No, I, mean, I don't think I mean, so. I mean, and also, Kyrie Irving says he's going to take over. He's going to he's yeah, going to help in the yeah, management every, of the team. Yeah, everybody's feeding think... into Irving's comments. He says, "Well, I want to be like a partner with uh, Marx and yeah, there but, you go." But, but didn't mention work, didn't right? mention Steve Nash's name. But but Durant says, <coughs> "Excuse me." But Durant says he he likes Nash. So who knows what they're going to do. <laughs> My time will tell. Joe, go ahead. Uh, I, I think that you know. I think that the Nets have gone about as far as they can go with this team. Durant is going to be thirty-four years old. Irving, yeah. I don't know. Irving, Irving is a head case. Um, I don't know what's going to happen when Ben Simmons comes back. I don't think they're yeah. deep enough. I think this is, uh, you know, it was a nice. It was a, you know, they gave it a shot. Well, they haven't played with yeah. Simmons. How do you know they're going to? Yeah. How would Simmons play with them? You don't know. That's right. I don't know how yeah. he'll play we with don't them. Know. Give it a chance. I mean, he's there. I don't think I don't think I don't think the team as it's constructed is going to be able to win. You look at a team like Boston, which is so deep right. and they play. I mean, they just had they just right. had an answer for everything. That's right. I agree with Joe. So yeah. now so now we move on locally from basketball hmm. to a team that is going to take a shot at the Stanley Cup, the Rangers. 
Mm. Next Monday, Monday or Tuesday against either Pittsburgh or Washington. I'll be watching. <laughs> so, so will I. Yeah. I will be too. I think they, you know, they have good a shot as, as anybody. Yeah. If, they, if they're healthy. And, and Shesterkin keeps up his level of play. Right. Hot goalie never hurts. Uh, my, I know Michael's a big hockey fan, so I'll ask him, who do you, who do you think they'd rather play, P- Pittsburgh or Washington? I think Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh, too. I think they had their number. <laughs> yeah. How long is Ovechkin going to be out? I don't know. Larry left. He's from you – know, right. I, I really don't know. Rangers play the Capitals tomorrow night. So, mm-hmm. in, a, in a meaningless game for the Rangers, but right. could mean something for the Capitals. Is Crosby playing for the Penguins now? Is he? Yeah. Well, yeah, you see, because they're, they're still fighting. The Penguins have 101 points. Washington has 100. But the Penguins only have one game left, and Washington has two. Uh-huh. Washington plays tonight and tomorrow. So Washington could still overtake. Pitt. Yeah. If, if, Washington, if Washington wins out tonight, they'll move into third regardless of what Pittsburgh does. It's going to be one, four, two, three. How much did last night's uh, horrible loss that the Rangers had hurt the Rangers? Last didn't night? They hurt, didn't it hurt them at all last night? Didn't, didn't mean, didn't didn't mean a thing. That's why, that's why they rested eight guys. Yeah. After, after they lost to Carolina on Tuesday, right. that, that meant they had no chance to gain first. And that right. they're locked into, right. they were locked into second a few days ago. They, they had clinched two mice in the first round over the – over the past weekend, right. Right. so right. the game the game meant nothing to them in the stand. Nothing to play for, nothing right? For. That's what I rested all those guys. You know, Fred, you want to talk a minute about uh, Guy Lafleur and then well, one of the trivia questions? Guy Lafleur, one of the greatest oh. Canadians of all time. A lot of people up in Montreal think he, he's the third greatest Canadian non-goalie behind uh, Maurice Richard, Jean mm. Bellev- uh, right. John Belleville. Six straight seasons of. 50 goals and, and 100 points. And he was just a, a great hockey player. Great, tremendous slap shot. His flowing blonde hair skating down the ice and unleashing a, a slap shot that was yeah, 100 miles an hour. Just a great mm. player. His last days in Montreal, though, were a little bitter. He, he asked to be traded, and they refused to trade him because they felt there would be a riot in the city of Montreal. So he retired. Then he came back. Excuse me. Three years later, played one season with the Rangers right. and had like 18 goals in 37 games or right. as many games. And then he, he finished his career too with the uh, Quebec Nordiques, Nordiques in two years. But he, he was on five Stanley Cup winning teams for Montreal. <coughs> Just a great player. And, you know, it's ironic. And two weeks in a row, we lost two, two of the greatest goal scorers of all time. And Mike Bossy and Guy Lafleur. Yeah, <laughs> and both the yeah. lung cancer. I don't know whether Bossy was a smoker, but it was advertised that Lafleur was a, was a very heavy smoker. Yeah, I heard that too. Yeah. I think I think Bossy was not. Yeah, Bossy. Yeah. You know, you, you, know, you forgot Fred. Yeah, that uh, Gretzky's, Gretzky's daughter got married, and she has a fancy dress. Yeah, I saw that in the post. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I saw the picture. That's how not a bad looking girl. But did you, oh. did you see the story over the, the, the guy that the golfer Dustin Johnson said he proposed to her in 2013. They first got married now, they got two kids, seven and four. Mm. Yeah. Oh. Took a while just for her to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> at least <laughs> at least yes to marriage. 
Right. Yes, to other things. Uh, why don't we uh, end about 10 minutes or so with uh, some trivia questions uh, and go from there. So who wants to start the trivia one. portion of the show? Uh, I have one, Mark. Yeah, Milton, you go. What, uh, first, what is the fastest baseball ever thrown by a pitcher? The speed I'm five it. miles oh, an hour. Hundred five. By who? Chapman. Chapman. Hundred five. You know what? I have down that Nolan Ryan did one oh one oh eight one in nineteen seventy four. Those days another measuring. They had a radar. Some type. It was done by radar. In major leagues. Does it matter if it's 108 or 107? Yeah. I got a question for you guys. At what point within the pitch do you measure the speed? Is it at the release point or as it crosses the plate? As it crosses the plate, no? I think crosses the plate. I think so. I've yeah, always wondered. Good question, though. All right. That means uh, he released it. Usually you release it faster than what it does crosses the plate, right? Has to slow down a little bit. All right, here comes the answer. All right, get there, uh, Gerald. According according to what I see here, uh, Chapman is credited with uh, throwing the fastest pitch in MLB history, and I believe, let's see, uh, one hundred five point one miles per hour. All right, all right, all right. We'll see. Okay. Uh, Fred, got a question? Yeah. Okay. In 1961, everybody knows that Tracy Stallard was the pitcher who gave up Roger Maris's last home run that year. Who gave up his first? Oh, I saw that. You probably saw it in the same place I did, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> what, what team was he with? Detroit Tigers. Paul Foytak? That is correct. Yeah. Is that uh, right? That was just a yeah. guess. I think it was in the post the other day, Michael. Right. Paul Foytak. He also was on the same thing with the hitting people, Foytak. Was it? Stuart, got a question. Which Major League Baseball player played with the most teams throughout his career? Ricky Henderson? Octavia Dotel? No, he was second, though. (laughs) Morgan? Harry Suitcase. Yeah, Morgan, the pitcher. Morgan? He was third. (laughs) Third? Edwin, Edwin Jackson. Jackson was one. Edwin Jackson. Oh, yeah. Edwin Jackson. Oh, had to be a pitcher. <laughs> Most of them Jackson, were pitchers, Dottel yeah. Jackson, and Morgan. Wow. Yeah. Suitcase Simpson was only around when they were just the uh, the 16 teams. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> All right, who has one? Got oh, Michael, one. you got Mark? one? Oh, right. Michael, Michael Milton. Michael first, then Milton. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who batted 273 last season with zero home runs and still won a Silver Slugger Award? The answer's on that phone call. No. I'll give you a hint. Yeah. He's Jewish. <laughs> oh, That's geez. a big hint. And he's one of the best players on his team. An all-star. Zero home runs. Zero home runs. 273. I'll give you another hint. Uh, from his position, nobody will ever accomplish what he did that he did last year. Nobody will ever do it again. That's the hint that should give it away. Pitcher. All right. Right. Come on. You're on the right track, Joe. Got to be a pitcher. Grom. No, Jewish. 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 All-star. One of the best pitchers on the team. The, the ice pitcher of his team. Uh, what team? We don't know. 
All right, I'll give it away. Atlanta. Oh, uh, Max, oh Freed. Max Freed. Max, Max Freed, the Freed. boy. All right. He'll be the last. He won the, he was the best hitting pitcher in the National League, and he won the Silver Slugger Award, and he'll nobody will right. win that again. Because oh, they don't do pitchers anymore, right? Right. 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 All right. All right, Milton. Um, who is the great Boston Celtics god that won NBA NBA titles in 74, 76, and was the MVP in 76. And uh, he lived in the off season. He had an apartment in Bayside, Bay Terrace, where I lived. A great, he was six foot three, played for Kansas. Jojo White. Jojo White is it, that's right. Wow. Yep, he, he had a place in Bayside <laughs> too. Away, right, Fred? He was shooting baskets Kansas. at the school yeah, yard with some of the kids. Very good. All right, Fred, you go. Okay. Who is the only NBA team in history to be under 500 and after 40. Whoops. Well, your, your voice went. He froze. Fred, you froze. froze. Fred froze. froze. Fred, you froze. Better say it again. Better say it again. Don't get so the, excited. All right. Who is the only that? NBA team in history to be under 500 after 40 games and to finish the season 20 games over 500? Did they win the title? I'm not going to say because that will give it away. That will give it away? Yeah, for a reason. Baltimore Bullets. Nope. (laughs) Lakers, Celtics. You got the Celtics right. Celtics. But but I'll give it away. It's this this year's Boston Celtics. Right. That's why they haven't won it. Can't say if they're going to win the title. Right. Well, they were under 500 at 40 games. Right, then they won about they, they, won, they went on a streak. Yeah. They went on a streak like they were 27 and 6. I got one here. Who was the third black player to join Larry Dolby and Satchel Page in 1949? In, in, in Cleveland. I assume it's Cleveland, yeah. Not Sam Jethro. No. Jethro played with the Braves. Oh, right. Initials MM. Mini Minoso. That's it. That's it. I got that right last week. That was the question last week. Mini Minoso. I didn't get that. Right. He's a question every week. Question every <laughs> Who was the first player to hit forty home runs in both leagues? Frank Robbins. Tigers, Braves, and Tigers. How's that? What's the guy's name? Eddie Matthews? No. Initials. D-E. D-E. How fast we forget. Daryl Evans. Daryl Evans. Oh, Daryl Evans, yeah. Oh, wow. All right, uh, Michael, get a few more. The 1960 World Series, Game 7. Instead of Ralph Terry, what two very, very good relief pitchers could have been used by Casey Stengel that probably would have won that World Series? What, what year? 60? 60. Louis Arroyo? Louis Arroyo's one? Yeah. Who's the other relief pitcher? He didn't pitcher? come in the game, huh? Ron, Ron Duran? Ron Duran is the other. Very good. Very hey, good. how about that? Yep, I got one right. After 104 shows, you got one right. Just a minute, Phil.
Hey. All right there, uh, Fred. Hey, who's the only player in baseball history to have won these these four awards? Oh, three awards. Rookie of the Year, batting title, MVP, and was a World Series winner. Not, not an MVP in the World Series. Just played on a World Series winning team. Al Kaline? Nope. Well, World Series. Good guess. Or maybe. Yeah, he did one more. Frank Robinson? He got the right last name, but not the, or the wrong first name. Jackie Brooks Robinson? Jackie Robinson. Jackie, Jackie Robinson. Robinson. Wow. Wow. After Babe Ruth, who was the next major leaguer to hit 50 or more home runs? After Ruth? After Ruth. So Ruth hit 59. I think they hit 60. Hank Greenberg. Greenberg. Yeah. Hank Greenberg had 58 and 38, but there were two guys before. Jimmy Fox? Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy Fox was one in, nine, in 1932. Somebody hit 56 and 30. Chuck, Chuck, Chuck Klein? Klein? No. Chuck Klein? No. No. Mitchell's H.W. Hack Wilson. You got it. Hack Wilson. Mm. Anybody else? Who got the first no-hitter for the Los Angeles Angels? Bobolinski. Bobolinski. That was easy. And Gerald's girlfriend, maybe Van Dort. Remember? He's yeah. dead, right? Yeah. He must be dead, right? I think Who she's knows? still around. Among the Hall of Fame pitchers from the post-1920 live ball era, the one who has the fewest walks per nine innings. Robin Roberts? <laughs> yes, 1.73. Very good. Wow. I think we saw Robin Roberts pitch in his later part of his career. Mm. Yeah. Anybody else have a question? I want to end the show in a few minutes here. Oh, go ahead. Uh, Gerald. The player who hit the most all-star home runs. Willie Mays. Mays. Uh, I don't have Mays. Someone else. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, Frank Robinson. No. No, I don't have A Yankee? No. No. All right, I'll give you a hint. He was a cardinal. Musial? Musial. Musial six in twenty four games. Wow! I didn't hear me. I said I still like when they they in, the, in those all star games when they had the two all star games in one year. Yeah. Were right. both those games played in the same stadium? I don't no, know. they were no, different. No. Different, stadiums, different. Different stadiums. And I remember Willie Mays used to yeah. always lead off. <laughs> remember, and it was unique to see Willie Mays leading off. Yeah. All right, one more. We'll call it a day. Uh, we'll go to Fred. Mike, okay. bank it till next year. Next week. Okay. There are five players who have hit at least 100 home runs for the Toronto Blue Jays and later have played or play for the New York Yankees. Mm. Say it again. I lost. Five players who hit at least 100 home runs for the Toronto Blue Jays and Josh, later played. Uh, Josh Donaldson is one. Yeah, Donaldson is one. That's the, yeah. the other four no longer play. No longer play. One of these guys also played for the Mets. Played for the Yankees and Mets after his Toronto career. Not Missouri. Very, very good hitter. John Olerud? That's Olerud? right. That's two. John Olerud, that's right. Good one. 
Three of us. One guy has played for a lot of teams. Power hitter. They're, they're all. The other two guys were outfielders. Who, who uh, one of them I think had an excellent arm. You want, you want me to give you initials? Yeah, we have no idea. All right, v- VW, JB, and EE. JC. No. VW. and yeah, JB and EE are the three guys. EE. EE. Didn't play long for the Yankees, but did play. He put his. He was a midseason acquisition. And then went on to another team the following year. So only played maybe a few months of the season for the Yankees. Good hitter. Had a hit over 100. Working on the VW, not Vic Wirtz. No. <laughs> VW. No. Victor? Victor? No. No. What's, what's a V name? Put it this way. It has the same last name as an excellent wide receiver in the, in the old days for the Oakland Raiders. <laughs> Warren. No, it was last name. What was Warren? What was the Warren receiver? Oh, Ver, Vernon, Vernon Wells. Vernon Wells is right, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are we still missing one? You're missing two. Uh, Eric Estrada. Who? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Chips. All right, you want me to tell you? Yeah, you better tell us. Edward Incarnacion. Oh, yeah. And Jesse Barfield. Right. Yeah. All right, boys. We're gonna call it now. And uh let Michael ask is in the books. Let Michael ask us one question. All right, Michael, you got one more question? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I already closed my iPad too late. Too late. Too late. Guys, thanks for coming up aboard this week and our very special show. So we're gonna meet at eight o'clock. We're going to meet at 8 o'clock to analyze the eight draft. 8 o'clock, enjoy right. the draft tonight. Go ahead, no. take a little break. Take a little oh. dinner break. And, we'll, and we're going to come back, right, and analyze the draft. We'll come back. I'm going to watch you guys. Right. See, See you guys next week. Thanks for Thank coming aboard. Take care. See you in Jerry. Stay safe, everybody. See you soon, Mike. All right. Take care. Be good, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Good podcast. See you next week.